Hi, it's Chris here. Just before we get started, I just wanted to let you know that I've managed to get some words with Zaki Hassan. Zaki's from San Francisco and he's part of the San Francisco Film Critics Circle. He's a film journalist, blogger and podcaster. Now, I sent my questions in advance. That's why you don't hear my voice in the actual interview itself. But it's great. So thank you, Zaki. Look out for it later on in the show. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the Movie Bunker podcast. It's me, Chris. And me, Matt. Matthew, welcome to the bunker. Yay! <laughs> it's been really? ages. I managed to escape from my captors. <laughs> it's been a long time since we've been together in the same room to do a podcast, hasn't it? Why does it sound like you're reading that? <laughs> <laughs> the auto cue stuck. <laughs> Nod's head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we thought we'd get together for this one. It's quite a special. Um, it is special. Yeah, we're doing Star Wars, Chris. We're doing a good film. We're doing Star Wars. You said to me, "Hey, Matt, let's do Star Wars." I was like, "Yeah, finally." Yeah, finally, we're going to do Star Wars. Like, no, we can't do Star Wars. It's so good. It's too good. I thought, how was that? I looked at the rate on IMDb. Really well rated on IMDb. It is. They love it. They do. Two point three. I think this has got IMDb rating. Yeah, this is when I found out. I was looking at the wrong Star Wars. <laughs> The wrong film. The wrong film. What we do in the bunker is look at the worst films, the critically panned films, and try and find the good stuff about them, or at least a good one out there. The nuggets. But this, this isn't. No, <laughs> this isn't. So this, we decided to do. If you were listening last episode, well, uh, we decided to do um, Star seventeen. Wars. Yeah, episode seventeen. We decided to do Star Wars: The Holiday Special, which actually is. A Christmas special. Yes, but cross-faith, so they just called it holiday. Exactly, which is uh, absolutely correct. Um, but it's very, it's very strange film, isn't it? It's odd as fuck, mate, is what it is. Well, listen, here's the trailer. Is there a trailer? <laughs> there is a trailer of sorts. This is a, a funked-up version of it, so right. here we go. Luke Skywalker and Han Solo rescued the princess, destroyed the Death Star, but their story didn't end there. Now, the creators of the biggest smash hit of all time bring you the next episode in the Star Wars saga. Mama, it's so good to see you. Happy Life Day. A galactic odyssey against oppression. Attention! Due to suspected rebel activity on the Kazook planet, the Empire has declared martial law. I want the rebels located and identified. If it means searching every household in the system. A big, new, sprawling space adventure in the Star Wars saga. Luke Skywalker. Han Solo. <laughs> Chewbacca. C-3PO. R2-D2. Princess Leia. Star Wars Holiday Special. The plot synopsis, or the plop synopsis, sorry, if this is... Chewbacca and Han Solo try to get to the Wookiee homeland of Kashyyyk to celebrate Life Day, but are impeded by an Imperial blockade. Chewie's family passes the time with various forms of entertainment. <laughs> various forms. Early doors, I thought it was going to be good because you had, like, you had Han. Yeah. He was there. You had Chewie. Yeah. He was there. 
Yeah. You had Star Destroyers. Yeah. You had Millennium Falcon. What a cardboardy kind of interior <laughs> looking. It was hard to tell because obviously this was very poor quality. Yeah. I mean, you know, of the time, didn't really matter because you only had like four pixels <laughs> on your television. In fact, you'd have pixels, you'd have lines, scanning lines. Um, but I thought, ah, oh, no, come on. 2.2. It's already over that in my estimation. <laughs> But then it went really weird. Really quickly it went really weird. Yeah. Like, then we cut to the interior of a, a Wookiee home, which looks like Ikea. Yeah, it's very Fallen. Scandinavian, isn't it's it? It's very Scandinavian. They, they look a bit of minimalistic, to the old Wookiees. <laughs> but I guess I guess you wouldn't want a lot of nooks and crannies, because they'd be king fur everywhere, because these Wookiees are a lot hairier than Chewbacca is. There's, there's I mean, they lot. are shaggy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The, the 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 props department or makeup department have gone to town with the old uh, hair. Yeah. So um, his family consists of. Um, we're introduced to his his wife, his good wife, Marla. Marla. <laughs> his 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 dad. His dad. Who's living with his wife? Yes. It's not weird at all. Itchy. 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 Who, itchy looks like something out of um, I don't know some horror film. Um. So I I read a comment. Um. <laughs> Uh, um, and it nailed it actually it looks like the weird demon monster from Big Trouble in Little China right yes yeah yeah. it, look, yeah, it looks yeah. like what happened is obviously 20 years passed and they found Itchy at the back of the props <laughs> cupboard and it was all like scabbed and like some of the fur had fallen his off his bottom drawer has got such an overbite <laughs> I've never seen it I really like it Chewie so. obviously takes after his mum more than his dad I think yeah yeah Itchy as well as is elderly he's, um, he's old and he walks around with a stick cane a cane but this the cane's up to his knee i mean no so wonder he's got a bad back <laughs> <laughs> he's actually bending over to hold the funny thing yeah but and yeah, the little boy the little boy lumpy lumpy <laughs> <laughs> they didn't they didn't spend a lot of time on the names did they when you think well about i it? I, I, they do have proper Wookiee names and obviously they're the shorter versions of their long names like Chewy Chewbacca so we're introduced to, to them <laughs> to Lumpy, Itchy and Marla <laughs> I'm going to struggle with this and their um, Scandinavian home and um, so they but it's like a, it's like it's like the opening of a sitcom yes and um, and they're, they're talking to each other <laughs> But there's no subtitles <laughs> or anything. You're just men again. It's basically like an interpretive dance section. <laughs> but it, it's deliberately, I think it was quite pretentious. I think maybe it's George Lucas's idea that thinking, no, we're not having subtitles. Yeah, people By now, out. you'll know, we want to we put you right into fly on the wall of what it's like to live in a, in a Wookiee homestead. Yeah. And these are the conversations that these Wookiees have. Lumpy is a dick like most children yeah because she's like I love it <laughs> yeah, like, no, no. <laughs> come over here <laughs> no <laughs> and then he says to granddad I don't want to go over there <laughs> and he goes go over there <laughs> and take the bin out take the fucking bin out <laughs> Do it, Mum says. I'm trying to watch my TV. Well, he's making a little uh, X-wing, isn't he? He's yeah, he's, he's got whittling. an X-wing. He's, wh- he's whittling, <laughs> whittling, whittling an, an X-wing. X-wing. I put down that maybe, maybe, maybe wouldn't be such a shit if his dad was about. Yeah, because he's a stay-away dad, Chewie. Yes, yes. I mean, we've seen him a lot. This is the first time I've seen him mention his family. Also, yes, you're right. I mean, without that father figure, yeah, that's why that he's running ca- the That could catch him. I yeah. mean, because obviously, she is. Uh, 
not not as quick on his legs anymore. So they get him to take the bin out, and he has a little look over the edge. Oh, it's high, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> 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 <Ooh. laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So what does he do? What does he do, Chris? To... Well, he climbs up on the railing on yeah. the, the banister, the wooden... And in really bad blue screen, walks along it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, And you think, oh, something's going to happen. It doesn't, does it? No. <laughs> Nothing happens. He just gets down and gets back in the house. There's so much filler in this kind of... in, in these segments, because essentially this is... Uh, the holiday special is a variety programme. It's yeah. it's a stop, something to put on at Christmas to draw the crowds in. So it's, it's typical sort of 70s, early 80s... TV fair, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The variety show, and you've got big names of the time making guest appearances. I mean, all the main cast of Star Wars uh, appear in this film. Yeah. So you do get Harrison Ford and Luke Skywalker. And <laughs> Luke Skywalker's <laughs> his in real it, name, he? Mark Hamill, and uh, who looks Fisher. Mark Mark Hamill looks like um, Eddie Izzard in drag in this. <laughs> Well, I, I think you look a little bit like Deirdre Barlow. I wouldn't worry about Chewbacca. I know him and he hasn't missed a life day yet, right? <laughs> well, there you go. He's not going to miss this one either. It's just taking him a little bit longer to get there. That's all. He'll make it. Come on, don't look so worried. No, Chewie's not going to want to come home to a house full of long faces, is he? Come on, Mala. Let's see a little smile. Come on. All of them have this weird sort of what's what I don't understand what's happened to them. There's a lot of makeup. If you and yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks weird. I think maybe for TV is it's a TV film. It's not obviously a cinematic release. It's, no. it's for TV. So I think in terms of the cameras, what they were using, I think there's a lot of you can just see the orange on the face. It's the almost orange. like. A, and also, I think um, Luke Scott. Uh, Luke Scott. I'll refer to him as Mark Hamill because that is his real name now. He, it always is, was the thing. Just, yeah, yeah, just after his accident, I think. So it's in between. Oh, his little car crash. So he's got his hair across, maybe, and a lot more makeup. So I think you can see the start, or I think you can see yeah. the scarring on his face. And obviously, they didn't want to uh, give too much away in terms of the, the beginning of the Empire Strikes Back, based on because right. obviously they have that Wamper attack to, yes, to hide to cover up. That. Yeah, yeah, the most uh, not most. He had a very bad car crash, didn't he? When yeah, he was, uh, through yeah. the windscreen. But yeah, um, and, and you, what we have is these little um, conversations between the Wookiees who've got so much tech. Loads of tech. There's like screens for computer games. There's and a thing. There's a the chest suitcase board. thing. Yeah, they've and got a hidden monitor in the wardrobe. <laughs> in the wardrobe. Um, and they've got, uh, Itchy's got a sex device. Like a, no, um, yeah. no, he's got like a um, virtual sex reality pod. headset. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, She's got an iPad in the kitchen. Yes, which is a cookery show. I mean, seriously. Yeah, there's a lot of tech. And then <laughs> and a lot of it does the same thing. Yes. <laughs> a lot of it does exactly the same thing, but looks incredibly different. Well, I know. They were really hedging their bets on what tech of the future would look like by just doing all of the possible looks. There seems to be a lot of old school calculators <laughs> knocking about. Well, you know, glued to other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first thing to keep to keep Lumpy kind of occupied. He pushes, they push a button, don't they, to see if Dad's about, and it does oh, boop, yes. bleep, boop. Yeah. The bleep, boop, boop, bleep. <laughs> the problem is... Everything takes too long in this. Like, yeah, even yeah. simple things like pushing a button to say, no starships about, which yeah. means obviously that it, their dad's not near. That takes overly <laughs> long time. It's almost like someone said to him, you got for one hour and a half. And he's like, I've got 
at best 30 minutes of shit and they're like you gotta pad that out mate yeah, you gotta yeah, stretch yeah. some of that shit yeah. Cause even the what's ads- this bit pushing the button that's gotta last <laughs> at least two minutes <laughs> but yeah that, that, that's what I'm saying there's so much they fill a lot of time with just wand- wandering around doing one thing to the next what the issue is that Chewie Chewie's late for life don't he's, he? he's he makes late. it every year in hands doing his very no, best to get never him never lets him down I'll get you back there in time pal trust me Now, so I'll run that Imperial Garbage Scout up. I'm going to light speed. That's the spirit. You'll be celebrating life day before you know it. Um, <laughs> so they're all a bit low. Um, uh, Marla's a bit concerned. She uh, is concerned. Um, and they they reach out to various members of the cast. So yeah. Leia's there, and uh, with with C3PO, and then uh, uh, Luke is in a, in another garage somewhere fixing something with uh, R2D2, and you know Han and every now and again pops up with Chewie and they're flying around and uh, who else do we see that's it isn't it we see Darth Vader Darth Vader yeah. pops up in used from a, footage from, yeah from a very from, very obvious bit of Star Wars with, with overdubbed with something else yeah, yeah. James L. Jones does do uh, new the, the dialogue voice, yeah. apparently this is the first time they used his name oh really okay they, no one knew like some from Star Wars yeah, they didn't, and then and then at the Empire Strikes Back, they put his name up. Ah, but they didn't have it on the Star Wars. That's true. Sorry, just looking at my poster. You are indeed correct. Thanks, mate. So, um, <laughs> so the kid's gone off the rails almost. <laughs> Disobedient Lumpy. Disobedient Lumpy, and then it she goes. Oh, I, know what to do. <laughs> 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 I know what will entertain my small child for a while. And it's like, what's that? What's that? because he's doing my fucking nothing and he gets a little cassette out doesn't he yeah and he puts it in the chess table like a mini disc yeah and he goes right sit there and watch that you little shit yeah <laughs> and um, out pops a little bit of Cirque du Soleil I think <laughs> I had exactly the same thoughts one of the earliest incarnations of Cirque du Soleil it has to, and to be honest it would play out nowadays as Cirque du Soleil the costumes look exactly the same yeah and it's basically like a little circus show acrobatics thing yeah playing out in front of Lumpy then he pushes a button every now and then <laughs> and yeah. then the bloke goes from being small, small to, to, bit, yeah. to big by the side of it. But the music. Yeah, oh, it's insane. It's just... And is it a little bit too long? <laughs> Again, yeah, it's, it's so too long. long. And okay, is it, it's like, is this entertaining for us? Or is this entertaining for Lumpy? Because I don't really know, am I supposed to be watching Lumpy watch this? Or am I supposed to be watching... Oh, it's a good point. I mean, because... Narratively, yeah. I think it's you, you're meant to be... With Lumpy watching it through yeah. Lumpy's eyes. Thinking, oh, look, with your child like Wookiee innocence. Right, going, okay. This is making me forget that my dad is missing still again. So then that, that's weird, as you say, goes on too long and it's the music is just excruciatingly bad. Oh, and it's it's mental. <laughs> the yeah. like, but <laughs> the music is fever dream inducing. It's that horrible thing. Like you'd imagine it in a horror film if someone was trapped in something horrible. <laughs>
Yeah, so what happens next? Well, we cut to uh, the first uh, of the Wookiee trading posts. So she goes back to one of the many devices, I think. The one that, the one that scanned for the ship. No, no ships. She went, uh, again, over long, two minutes. She yeah. wants to try and Wookie find trading out where the, where, where the ship is and whether he's landed. Yeah, I don't know why she's from the local shop for that, if I'm honest. Like, I, I wouldn't go, oh, my wife's late. I'm going to give Tesco's a bell. And this is where we meet uh, Art Carney, who's a, uh, an Who American... Who is Art Carney? I'm, I'm assuming... Well, he's an American actor. Uh, yeah, he's he's all right. I mean, he's quite funny in the lines, but I mean... He carries this whole thing, yeah. <laughs> and he plays multiple roles. Yeah, yeah. Because he's the uh, crazy chef we see doing the bantha pudding, I think. Is, he he? Crazy? is there not two people that Yeah, well, the other, the other guy is uh, Harvey... Oh, no, sorry, yeah, you're Harvey Corman plays um like a robot and he's the chef he's the chef sorry yeah so um, we see him and he's in his like she phones him and and he gets a few times where kind of like like you say the, the narrative is weird because again you're you're first of all with her phoning mm. him to find out but before but weirdly you go in a little time jump yeah. So like she starts phoning it comes Wookiee Trading Station. Then you see the Wookiee Trading Station and you see him and some Imperial big act guy that does oh. a <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like one Imperial Guard guys. Yeah, well, and he was he's a dick. Oh, so yeah, like horrible. I think all of this is just to make us feel better about the horrible loss of life during the Death Star instance. To make us feel that all of the Empire people are dicks and deserve to die. Yeah. Because this guy's just like, What are you looking for? And he's like, I don't know and he's like how about a mini fish tank? This is another really, I just said it was really weird, but he's like, oh, I've got this thing. A, a, a miniature aquarium, which you, and then obviously a little bit of weird blue screen where they sort of superimpose not tiny fish, but like, massive fish. Like just slightly too large for the tank. It was kind of, it was like, there you go, you, you know, that will be brilliant. And he's like, eight fish. I was like, so do I. Yeah, well, he, he, ta he takes it, he takes something and he steals it. Basically. Something that cleans you. Oh, remember. a special toothbrush thing that yeah. does everything and does everything. It's like a weird, you know, cleanomatic type stuff. <laughs> yeah. So that, and then he he pops over to see um, Marla yeah. and Chewie and yeah, she's uh, Marla Lumpy and the, 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 the before that we get the cooking section. There's the Star Wars cutting. We see we see this is where we see the the Darth Vader cutting bit. Yeah. Well, basically, uh, oh, basically. Oh my God. Darth Vader has instructed all the houses on Kashyyyk to be searched, right? For some reason. To be looking for uh, evidence of, in, of rebels. Uh, of rebels. And they, they suspect all the Wookiees. Yeah. So the Wookiees are kind of being uh, occupied. Uh, and and uh, they have curfews every now and again. The curfews get worse and worse, don't yes, they? So every now and again there'll be an announcement to say, right, we're not letting any aircraft leave. Oh, or yeah. enter the atmosphere yeah, and then it was like oh no well, how's Chewie going to get here and instantly they land they at land, that point they? Well, they, should we talk about the cookery section the cookery section yes yeah. so to um, obviously um, as in all holidays food plays an important part in this yes. and during life day Martha not Martha what's her name Marla Marla sorry Marla so lovely eyes <laughs> give us a smile Marla come on <laughs> Um, so she, she she has to cook a meal for all of her family and Chewie obviously for when he finally if turns, he turns up. up. Well, yeah, you never know. Um, so she whacks on her iPad um, and has somebody cooking there. There's a robot with four arms 
But the, the, the arms only slowly reveal. Oh yeah, when they as it becomes mix and mixing, which is this Harvey Corman character. Hello. Today we are going to be preparing a very succulent dish called Bantha Surprise. It's not only a very hearty, nourishing dish, but it's very economical too. So all those hungry mouths in your household will be going yummy yum on that tummy tum if you just follow along with me as I prepare this popular favorite. Of course, if your family has a hearty appetite, I would suggest then that old popular holiday favorite, the Bantha Rump. It's so weird. It's, it's so weird. It's, it's just awful. I don't get but, it. I, but I was watching and thinking to myself, is this just so bad it's good? It, it was, yeah, it was borderline a few but that, times. But it's not. <laughs> It's not good. It's not so bad as good. You can't. I mean, you could watch it. You could put it on and watch it and go, "Oh my god, this is so funny." I think that's how this would play out the best. Like you're sat there with a mate who's a big Star Wars fan. And you go, "Oh, you know what I got? This will, this will, this will yeah. fucking convert you and to not liking Star Wars ever again." I couldn't. I couldn't muster anything other than uh, like uh, the look of shock. It was for, yeah. It was car crash. Like it's awful. That's the only way that you could like not take your eyes off the screen because it just was. Very weird. So the the whole cookery section is done and dusted. Um, she puts the pot on, turns off the robot, and that's yeah, that's that done. Ready. And then, but then, <clears throat> then the shopkeeper turns up. Yeah, and so gives, gives Itchy something a little bit special. Something, yeah. something for the dads on uh, International Life Day. Well, um, <laughs> Itchy uh, in his old age has obviously got a bit of a perv <laughs> in his underbite. <laughs> So the the shopkeeper chap or the trader or whatever he is, sticks him in in like an old school kind of hairdressing seat with yes. a, with like a, a not in front of the TV or the no. iPad or the other thing. Well, this thing this kind is of a new, like a new piece of technology. Yeah, puts this down and says, "I got a little bit of something for you." Yeah, this yeah. is a little bit of super special. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean. <laughs> And uh, uh, an itchy like that. He's like, not like, oh, I'll watch it later, because at the moment there's my daughter in law and, and son. My son's running but, around. Yeah, and my grandson. No, I'm going to get right I'm, on. This. I'm going to just tie one on. The lipstick's coming out for this stuff. Essentially, it's a weird, another musical number. Diane Carroll, yeah. And she's a. Uh, well, she's it's really she's, smutty. The opening section. She's, is like, she's credited as the um, holographic wow. The holographic <laughs> wow. That's her title. I am in your mind as you create me. Oh yes, I can feel my creation. <laughs> I'm getting your message. Are you getting mine? Oh, oh. We are excited, aren't we? Why do Wookiees have sexual fantasies about people? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> That's like me having a sexual fantasy about a dog, isn't it? <laughs> Roughly. <laughs> it's like someone going to me, yeah, mate, I've got this VR helmet. I'm like, oh, awesome, what's on it? It's like, well, what you do is you just think about your sexual fantasy and it'll come to life and sing you a song. I'm like, awesome. <laughs> Up pops Lassie. <laughs> so it's weird. I don't know. I don't like. He's an old man, and he dreams of a young woman. 
Well, she's wearing glittery outfit and yeah, but she's not a Wookiee. <laughs> no, no. I mean, if you could have a sexy fantasy, you'd imagine it would be. Unless well, Wookiees have something about people, which is maybe why Chewie Yang's out of hand. It's pansexual, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, so he finishes wanking in the front room, yeah. and then um, then they get raided, don't they? Yeah, well, the Empire turn up, don't they? The bastards ruin everyone's wanky fun. Yeah, um, to search the place, and the, the, it's like it's quite oppressive, isn't it? This whole sh- this whole sh- yeah, it's like Anne Frank, but <laughs> not. And then they they decide to trash the place a bit more. They get overly in, more and more aggressive. They threaten to backhand the kid at one point. Oh yeah, and then Marla steps up. Show the furry side. Obviously, then for the Wookies is always a f- everything for furry side. side. Yeah, they trash poor Lumpy's bedroom. Yeah, and when well, they're they, going up, he's like, "Keep that kid quiet." Yeah, and to do so, they bring out another bit of technology, <laughs> and this is where it gets a bit weird because they he sits there with a thing and watches a cartoon on it. Ah, uh, yes. And we see the cartoon. I actually quite like the style of the cartoon. Well, I have the same opinion of the cartoon because it. I used to watch droids as a kid. Yeah, I loved that cartoon. The actual art style was quite nice on it's that. It's very basic, isn't it? I mean, yeah. from, uh, it was it's quite stylised. I like the hand, face, and stuff. It was. This is the first appearance of Boba Fett mm. riding a seahorse, <laughs> like a giant. Why well, likes his? He had his dent. Yeah. He had his dent still. Yeah, but he was different colour, wasn't he? He was blue, whereas Boba Fett's green in the films. Yeah, he might. Have. Yeah, I'm just saying. And early, early incarnations of Boba Fett, he was blue. I think so. Yeah, I think he must have just. Well, changed. you know, Attack of the Clones, they're all. Or bluey, wouldn't yeah, it? that's true. Django fit. He might have decided to branch out afterwards. Um, the cartoon is is basically um, a little story. Little story <laughs> of them crash landing. Yeah, it's not a lot to it, but it's pretty to look at. It's short and sweet. It's short and sweet, unlike the rest of this fucking shit. And Boba Fett, but is a bit of a does a little bit of a sweet. Switcheroo. Um, and then we get the we get something else. We get uh, after the cartoon, which we can both agree actually that's quite jazzy. If you're our age, droids and the theme tune to droids was droids pretty was, cool. I like droids a lot. And it had Anthony Daniels did the voice, and you had other characters in there, and Boba Fett turned up regularly on that. <laughs> The Empire is still knocking about their house, the treehouse. Yes. And then there's another, another, you know, Imperial. And this one comes on going, please, all Imperials must watch this. All Imperial stuff. Oh, yeah, the announcement that yeah. comes on every screen. Come on, everyone, all the Imperials must watch this. And what is it? Is it an important bit of information about no. the Rebel? No, they, they go to like the version of their version of Big Brother, <laughs> which is uh, Tatooine. <laughs> oh, that's right. Life on the streets, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, why do the Imperials need to watch that? Why is that imperative that they watch that? No, I don't know. Quick, everyone, round the television. Why? Oh, it's I'm a celebrity. Get me out of Tatooine. And then, this is when we get the other the the, the cantina Weird. scene. Yeah, with, the cantina um, scene. Where the band that only knows one fucking song. Oh, they know they know how to play it fast, and they know how to play it slow. But they do. Arr. But they do a version of it for um, Golden Girl Lady. Yeah, B Arthur. B Arthur. Big upon. Sorry. Yeah, B. Arthur plays the... Um, one song. One fucking song that band's got. She... <laughs> Excuse you guys, take requests. Yeah, what would you like? <laughs> uh, have you got anything by Radiohead? No, but we got... Did you just play that? <laughs> nah, mate, it's different. What are you fucking <laughs> chatting about? 
Is it B? Did you say B. Arthur? B. Arthur. B. Yeah. Arthur from Golden, Golden Girls. Girls. This is why she I... wasn't at the time though, was she? She must have been famous for something else at the time. No, she's was... Golden Girls is much later. I watched Golden Girls. I think she's from Golden Girls. Not then. Really? I mean, she obviously was later on. Okay. But not then. So this is pre-Golden Girls. Golden Girls wasn't 1978. No, so maybe she was like a comedy comedy she actress must, she must prior to Golden else. Girls. Yeah. We, should, she, we really should have done our research on it. <laughs> so she, um, she's in the cantina and there's all the aliens, the original aliens from There's the, some ones that you can put a spot. This is a good little bit of, oh, spot that alien of the figure the, I had. There's the weird, weird hammerhead guy. Yeah, yeah, he's called the hammerhead guy, I think. Hammerhead guy. And she's serving drinks and she's getting uh, chatted up by a guy with a hole in his head. A cup in his head. A cup in his head that he drinks through. But she's not interested. They're told that the, the cantina's got to close, yeah, everyone must weird. go. And she does her best to try and get everyone to leave, but then she then says, "One more drink, okay." And then this, when this song, yeah, another one more comes drink in, song. and the song is shite. And and um, and what's the tune to the the song? <laughs> what what a beautiful piece of luck then that the one the band with their repertoire of one song can play along to her song. So we're kind of getting towards the. Um, I feel like at this point, the payoff. There's something we're going to get to the end of the film surely yeah. now, and I guess we we do eventually. The there's one stormtrooper that's told to stay behind while the other guards are called back to somewhere. Lumpy tries to get escape or something, do something. Yeah, he goes outside, and then we see Chewie and Han have arrived. They're there, and the stormtrooper accidentally trips over his own feet and falls off the uh, balcony to his death. Yeah. Without so this is another thing that's making this family friendly. Han has not had to kill him. They haven't had to kill this person. To no, they just guy. they just go to the gun and he goes. And he trips <laughs> over his own feet and falls off the thing. And yeah. Han Solo looks over and goes. That's a long way down. <laughs> and then um, we get this lovely sequence where they meet up with. Um, everyone's happy to see. Yeah, there's Chewie. a lot of hugging. Going on. Chewie has a very loving moment with Marla, doesn't he? And they just. Yeah, that, that was weird and then he does this thing where he goes <laughs> he's looking, like, and down, looking like, around he does like, all, like Eskimo kiss with his nose yeah. like, I reckon they wanted him to kiss but then they realised they haven't got the prosthetics to do that no so, <laughs> so it's really like just two things mashing together and it would look weird it's awkward for everybody else isn't yeah, it yeah it was like oh Jesus mm, where do I look there's, there's fucking itchy <laughs> just little lipstick out <laughs> bashing one out again <laughs> <laughs> Lumpy's get a room um, but yeah Han sort of does this lovely little speech about how the f they're so important to him they're like family and yeah. I was never going to let exactly him down sort of from the new Solo film he's not, he doesn't have family does he so these sort of things are important to him yes he's Solo he's canon he's Han Solo, solo. Jesus on the nose dude <laughs> any more inside <laughs> our head's okay <laughs> Everything's okay now. Here's your daddy. Boy, it's a groove. It's okay, everybody. He's gone. How are you? Mom! <laughs> Excellent. Wonderful. Well, huh? Your son's been doing your crotch. Saved my tail more than a couple times. Well, I'd love to, but I can't. I gotta get back to the Falcon before somebody stumbles across her. Hey, will you look at Lumpy? He's sure grown, huh? I think his voice is changing. Come on, I'm just teasing. Well, look. 
I gotta go. Have a nice life day, but be careful. A lot of troopers in the area. Chewy, check and the coast is clear, will you? They get on with their their life day celebrations, which involves holding up a glowing ball, baubles, and then going into a star field, and then through a moon, where they meet up with other Wookies, and they suddenly are dressed. Yes, they've all got red robes. Red robes, they? and then C three PO, and everyone else is there. Yeah, this is a, such a weird sequence. Oh, so so weird. The, they're transported by holding these globes. Balls to, to a, a cave to a yeah, and they, they walk across a, a, a like a, a misty bridge in like yeah. into the moon, and then yeah, <laughs> and in there is all these workies. <laughs> 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 Are they speak in unison? Yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> and Leia's there. The message of, of life day is is conveyed by Leia, and she then via the song. The which song is um. To the Star Wars thing, yes. It's got a lovely voice. Yeah, she was insisted that she sang. She's got a lovely voice. All of you are an important part of my life, pal. I'm glad I could be here. This holiday is yours, but we all share with you the hope that this day brings us closer to freedom and to harmony and to peace. No matter how different we appear. We're all the same in our struggle against the powers of evil and darkness. I hope that this day will always be a day of joy in which we can reconfirm our dedication and our courage, and more than anything else, our love for one another. This is the promise of the Tree of Life. This, this, um, this film thing thing has more endings than the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and then, when you wait at the end, it was just like. Chewie's face, like, uh, and then little bits of Star Wars. Oh uh, yes, it was kind of like a little advertisement for the film with Star Wars, uh, with um, Chewie's face being superimposed in and out, coming in and out of focus. Yeah, and then it's just little weird. bits of the film. Yeah. Now I, I kind of like you look. I looked at this and thought to myself, that's really weird. But then, I, um, then I thought and remembered, like, so this isn't the seventies. There's no video about. There's nothing. You saw this film only at the cinema. If you hadn't seen it, your only chance of seeing any part of this film would have been in this. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you would have sat through this hour and a half of utter bonkers bullshit mm. just for that little glimpse of Star Wars at the end. Yeah, yeah. It's like the biggest sort of trailer lead-up ever. This is like the Super Bowl trailer plus, 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 plus. Yes, yes. This would have been insane for people to see these almost lengthy clips mm. of, of the actual Star Wars film, just like a... Two two years or so after its release, and this is, and then also all, with all their characters because they're still waiting f waiting for the next film. Obviously, you know, we know Star Wars was a massive success, and it wasn't yeah. intent. You know, it was a surprise to everybody. Mm. Um, George Lucas obviously capitalising on it. Maybe I don't know it, how involved was he in this film. There's two There's other directors that yeah. are credited to directing it. He's not credited he anywhere. pulled his name off of it, but that means his name was on it at some point. Now, but whether... he's green light. He must have green lighted. He was had what so I read is that he had the initial concept and idea and then sort of passed it on because he wanted to keep it fresh in people's minds, Star Wars, because he realised there's going to be this gap between the yeah. launch of the films. Um, and then when he finally saw it, he was like, that is not what I expected. 
that's much better. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean he he I mean he he wouldn't. Yeah, he, he when it was out, he wouldn't respond to questions about it. He's bought up master copies and just destroyed them of this. Yeah, well, apparently we don't know if there is an, if there is even an original. We don't copy know if there's exists. one less. Yeah, no. and I think if certainly if there was one, you'd think it would have been released by now, or at least like it would have been sort of said, look, okay, fine, here it is. Here's a good version for you because it's out on DVD. But you just can't. It's just a <coughs> shitty version. Is it just taped off television mm, kind of version? Mm, mm. Who's who owns that then? Because I mean, it's still his IP, I guess. I have no idea. I don't think he will ever admit to whatever level of influence he had over this. Or I said an absolute fucking embarrassment. That's why. <laughs> and um, no, I'm a massive Star. We are. We're both massive Star Wars fans. But isn't, I mean, you can't you can't polish this turd in any you way. Can't. It's it's. I mean, the only thing I, I find lumpy endearing he's cute right yeah yeah <laughs> he's cute oh, my, my kids would probably if they watched it we might find lumpy a bit funny yeah um, itchy's horrendous mischief. to look at itchy is yeah, he's, he's, oh, just, he's horrible to look at he, um, he's what I imagine the underneath my ball bag to look like <laughs> yeah you know, Mar- Marla's wrong um, yeah every part of it is so ill conceived and so badly written you know the, the Things from this you can tell who the decent actors were. Like Mark Hamill is not great in this. He's it, I know he's not got a lot of material to work with. Whereas even with the same sort of levels of hackeyed material, like um, Harrison Ford delivers his hand solo every time he's on screen because he never even gives a shit. That's why. He's yeah, doing that's the same that was his thing. character. Yeah, yeah. not giving a but shit. But I thought um, and Leia was uh, her voice. I thought when I was watching, I was like, she's she's got a commanding voice. That woman. But she just not just completely off her tits on cocaine for. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, uh, I think the guy who wrote it admitted was, yeah, that he was it. off his tits on cocaine for the whole entire period. Um, <laughs> But I mean, you, you, there is no way you can watch this without and now go to yourself. Someone was on drugs during the writing and directing of this because well, it is just odd. It's insane, isn't it? It's insane. It's odd. But I, I would just say, seek out the fifteen-minute version, the best of, just to get an yeah. understanding of some of the stuff we're talking about. I mentioned earlier on in the podcast uh, at the start that we would have that interview with Zaki Hassan. So here it is now. Hi, my name is Zaki Hassan. I'm a member of the San Francisco Film Critics Circle. My writing has appeared in Huffington Post, Philly Weekly, Fandor, uh, Sequart, a lot of different places. I'm also co-author of several books about the film industry. And I'm also a professor of communication and media studies at San Jose State University, as well as other schools in the San Francisco Bay Area. I want to thank you, first of all, for giving me the chance to talk to you and your audience. Uh, I have been a film lover, uh, well, geez, uh, about as long as I've been around, I think. I, I often tell people that I was born a fan of Star Wars. I was born in 1979, so it was at exactly the right age to just be sort of engulfed by that franchise. It helps that I had a brother who was five years older than me, so he was sort of my on-ramp into that. But, uh, you know, my earliest memories of going to the movies are being... Uh, you know, four years old and watching Superman 3 in the theater. I watched First Blood, the first Rambo movie, when I was five, which is probably 
little too young to be watching a movie like that. But, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's always been something that's a part of my life. I, I love not just the experience of watching movies, but also reading up on the behind the scenes, how things are made, how things are done. Uh, and I also love the ability that film has more than, uh, just about any other mass media industry to really connect people and create a shared cultural uh, a language that that we draw on you know for uh, across economic and and educational divides across generations it's really something amazing as far as my own uh, personal experiences with movies I have been disappointed with oh my gosh there are a few uh, but I would have to say the 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 one movie that basically is synonymous with disappointment for me is the 2001 remake of Planet of the Apes that Tim Burton made. A little bit of backstory there is that Planet of the Apes, the original, the 1968 movie, is my all-time favorite movie. It has been uh, all my life. That's the movie that I, I love more than any other. I saw it at exactly the right age for it to really take up permanent residence in my psyche. I was probably uh, eight or nine, and uh, you know, I when I heard that they were doing a new Apes movie, I was I was just ecstatic. And then the movie comes out, and it was not, it was just not good. It was just not good. And you know, uh, two years earlier, the Star Wars: The Phantom Menace had come out, and that I I witnessed firsthand how a lot of people tried to convince themselves that that was a good movie. When I mean, it's it's not it's not great. And I was I watched the Phantom Menace and I was like no 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 this isn't this isn't good folks I was like the I was leading the way I was holding the lantern, uh, but Planet of the Apes in two thousand one that was the one where I was like eh, it's no it's not so bad it's not so bad it's pretty good you know a similar reaction I would say I had uh, uh, five years later when Superman Returns came out because wouldn't you know it uh, my one of my other all time favorite movies is the nineteen seventy eight Superman movie. And uh, when Brian Singer says he's going to do a sequel to those films, the Richard Donner movie and the three sequels that followed, I was ready, willing, and able. I was, I was, I was, you know, consider my ticket sold. And that was another one. I sat there sort of stupefied watching this, really, this movie that was just slow as molasses and trying to convince myself that it wasn't just a, just a major catastrophe. So those are probably my, my most disappointing experiences. Um, as far as, uh, why, why movies get critically panned, I mean, there is a variety of reasons. I mean, I think, I think that it, it, it comes down to the, the effort that's put in, you know, I mean, cer certainly for me, I'm not going to bother speaking for other critics, but I will, I will, I will appreciate ambition uh, and and lambast a movie for not having ambition, right? For not living up to its premise, for um, for for disrespecting its audience, you know. And there are plenty of films this year that that really fall into that camp. You know, this, this latest Robin Hood movie starring Taron Egerton is really it's embarrassing for how cynical it is. And then and then there's there's the Predator which uh, came out a couple months ago. There's a movie that disappointed on a, a on a different level right? because with Robin Hood I wasn't really expecting anything because the trailer uh, didn't do much to fill me with confidence and we know pretty much what to expect from that character in that story so it lived down to expectations and it, it's just not a good movie uh the predator you kind of say oh well you, you get somebody like shane black in there and he's he's raised the bar for what to expect from a movie bearing his name and then you come out with something that's so 
ordinary and you know forgettable that that's disappointing so the two films are disappointing for different reasons so i think why a movie gets panned i mean it's it's you know the, the truth is that that film criticism is multitudinous and people different critics come at it from different perspectives but there are certain touchstones that you tend to see reoccur so when a movie and i'm i'm not a big fan of using a rotten tomato score necessarily as a measure of quality but when you see things leaning sort of overwhelmingly in one direction or another it's because there's something there that people are responding to that critics are responding to uh, best example of a movie franchise that always comes back fighting. Well, what what better example is there than James Bond? Uh, here we are, 50-plus years later, and we're staring down the barrel of 25 movies. Uh, you know, that I think, I think one of the truisms of life is that uh, uh, we all die, we all pay taxes, and we will all encounter a James Bond movie sometime in our life. I think it's amazing. I think one thing I've said about the Bond films is the reason they keep making them is that they keep making them. Like, it's just, it's... It's a perpetual motion machine at this point. It, uh, we're so far removed from the specific cultural and uh, socio-political that circum- circumstances that led to that series starting that really there's no reason for the Bond movies to continue to exist, but they represent something really important in terms of our cultural evolution. The, the fact that no matter how much time goes by, we know we can look forward to seeing you know, that opening gun barrel scene and, and the latest incarnation of James Bond walking across the screen. I think it's just something that, that we've come to embrace and expect. And that's pretty freaking amazing. I, I don't, there's just no other franchise that comes even close to the record of longevity and success that the Bond films have. As far as my own guilty pleasures, oh my gosh, I have a few. Uh, tops on that list is Masters of the Universe from 1987, uh, a movie that I, I have a deep level of adoration for that's probably completely disproportionate to the actual quality of the movie. Uh, it is not a good movie, but I love watching it. I saw it, again, I saw it at the right age for it to really be something I enjoy experiencing while fully acknowledging it's not good. Another movie I, I consider fully a guilty pleasure is Independence Day. Again, not a good movie. It's just not. But you know what? I love watching it. I love every schlocky, stupid minute of it. It's just, it's just a lot of fun. And actually, while we're talking guilty pleasures, this, I just watched this, rewatched this just uh, a couple weeks ago. Rocky Four, Rocky Four, a a ninety minute uh, MTV music video, which is just glorious in all its awfulness. But as I said on the commentary track I recorded for that film just recently, I love that effing stupid movie so much. I absolutely love it. As far as where you can find me online, well, I am all over the place. It, it sounds vaguely douchey to be like, Google me, but uh, you can certainly do that. Or even better, just go to my website, zakiscorner.com, Z-A-K-I-S corner. That's also my Twitter. That's also my Instagram. And I am, I am at uh, uh, Rotten Tomatoes. You can see my reviews there. I'm in the process of, of getting all of my reviews uh, linked over there. So that's, that's sort of an ongoing project. But, but I am there, and I hope uh, I will hear from at least a few of you listening. Thank you so much again for, for giving me the chance to speak my mind, and I hope you have a great day. Thank you. <laughs> 
Well, so I've got a couple of other facts. For What's you. a fact, Chris? Well, we've talked about the Wilhelm scream, haven't we, before? No, no! Yeah. And there is one hell of a one uh, when the stormtrooper that hand comes across. When he stumbles off and falls off the, the balcony of Chewbacca. He pushed him. Yeah, and well, an asshole. You, you hear a that. lovely Wilhelm scream there, which we inserted one into one of our old podcasts, didn't we? We should put it on every podcast, like the films. Yeah, um, we talked about uh, well, the, the cantina sequence. It took an entire day to shoot, and the actors in alien costumes began to pass out due to lack of oxygen, which wouldn't happen these days, would it? Let's play oxygen about. George Lucas, we mentioned this earlier, famously has, has tried and failed to buy up all master copies uh, to make sure it was never broadcast again. Well, I mean, it's never been broadcast again, but no. it's now it's readily available. And according to Carrie Fisher, George Lucas gave her a copy of the special as a gift for recording the DVD commentary for Star Wars A New Hope. And she claimed that she played it at parties when she wanted her guests to leave. <laughs> you would, because you'd think you'd be having a horrible trip. Uh, we mentioned about the cocaine, but Bruce Valanche That's him. Uh, was, has admitted that he was using cocaine heavily while helping to write the special. Another one, Kenny Baker's on IMDb, credited as R2-D2, although he never really He's never in it. He's not in it. Uh, you wouldn't know, but... <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's hard to spot he never, he never breaks the fourth wall and just pops out and goes, Hello! It's me! It's Kenny Baker, I'm all right. It's not really a robot after all, it's just me running around in a box. It's review time. It's review time. Um, so the interesting thing about these reviews for this is I didn't expect to find any tens. Um, and but there are tens. But the thing is, all the tens are from people that are just basically marking it a ten because they have nostalgia. Yeah. For either the first time they saw this as a very young child, or for the fact that they love Star Wars so much that it, they they they're doing the thing where. They want to bring the vote up from 2.2, which I think this is our lowest ever film. It's the lowest ever film. So this is... What have you got? I've got... So so yeah, so yeah. apart from the fact that either some of these are piss takes or whatever, I saw a good one from a YouTube one where it just went, George Lucas stole these ideas for characters and put them on Star Wars. And then obviously got quite yes. quickly roasted. But I think that guy was probably saying that for comedic effect. Yes, no, and he, he basically trolled, he the, trolled the, the, the trolls. trolls. Yeah, he, 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 troll won, he won the internet. He won the internet that day, so that, that, that made me quite laugh. But the rest of you are all quite lengthy, but this one anyway, um, from Guy Caballero, rich, complex companion to episode four, is yeah. the title of it. Brilliant. 10 out of 10. This is an essential entry to the Star Wars canon the relationship between Han and Chewie is developed in more depth here and we're giving glimpses into how the Empire's relentless expansion affects the lives of ordinary citizens. At times moving, Chewbacca's reuniting with his estranged family thrilling. Boba Fett's first appearance and erotic. <laughs> Itchy cybersex escapades. This film explores emotions and areas of the human psyche that others, including the Empire Strikes, are afraid to touch. I fear this guy's reaching too much. I think he wants to like it so bad. Yeah, he's that he's he's putting layers that are oh, not man. there. They're not there. They're not there. The film also explores the lure of the Wookiees, especially the rituals surrounding the holiday known to the Wookiee for homeworld as Love Day. <laughs> Here we see the holiday celebrated in all its splendor and pageantry. They hold up four balls, right? <laughs> That's all the splendor and pageantry, and and, like, and it doesn't really work out because. Lump, Lumpy's so small that they have to kind of, and he's so tall, they all have, 
Are they on their knees? I don't know. I don't know, but they try and... Well, not with bloody Itchy's back. He can't be able to get back up again. That tiny fucking cane he's got. Yeah, he could end up sticking his own lipstick in his mouth if he tried to get down there. He's done that before. That's why That's how he's done his back. That's what he's got a stick for, just to get his leg up. Anyway, um... Well, I can't remember I got to. So, the Splendour and Pageantry. The Life Day costumes are truly a sight to behold. It's a fucking tunic. Yes, and it's always a pair of cur- curtains. Isn't it? it's, it's just, it's not a joy to behold. <laughs> Despite the best efforts of the Empire to dampen the spirits of Chewbacca clan by bringing him and our favourite band of rebels to justice. All fans of the series should go out and immediately rent this classic. Here's hoping some of the characters make an, epi- an appearance in episode 3. Episode 3? Mm. I, for one, would like to see a younger, more virile, itchy doing battle with the forces of the fledgling empire. Come on, George Lucas! You've done such a wonderful job with episodes one and two. Let's get to fa- Oh my god, this guy actually likes the prequels. Okay. Let's give the fans what they really want in episode three. Moichi, Akbina, and Sudan. Yeah! <laughs> Yeah, you can just I can just visualise this this person. Yeah. Oh my god, I've got one as well. Go on then. Uh, this is a similar, but I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's quite long. There's an old saying that a boy doesn't become a man until he does three things: share a beer with his dad, spend a night in jail, and make love to a woman. Where the fuck does this guy come from? <laughs> well, now there are three things a boy must do in order to become a nerd. Build their own computer, watch William Shatner sing Rocket Man, and watch the Star Wars Holiday Special. Well, Until no, I've then. I've completed that. Hey? I've completed the triumph now. Well done. Until then, he's just a geek. So, yeah, so that's it. I, I can't, I can't, I know we normally try and find something good, but I can't in this. So, episode. so weird. Episode 18. Of the Movie Bunker podcast. Our lowest ebb yet. Yeah, probably. And it's such a shame <laughs> one of our favourite franchises. Yeah, I mean, we knew this. And when we come in, we, we come on. We, we come on. We, we weren't into this with our eyes open. We knew this wasn't going to be good. But after the first five seconds, I thought I might be wrong. And then uh, I was I right. just thought it couldn't be as bad as it is. What are we going to do now? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we could do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so if you see any good films that are critically panned and you want to tell us about them over yeah. the Christmas period, please let us know. Yes. Get in touch on Twitter. We're at movie underscore bunker on there. That's our handle. On Facebook, just search for the Movie Bunker podcast. We've got a lovely page. We're on Instagram with the kids. And uh, you can find us on Podbean. Podbean is our platform platform for this uh, podcast so thanks to them um, we're on iTunes and Google Play and anywhere else with a browser that you can listen to us so Spotify as well so get involved and get uh, chatting with us we'd love to hear more from you guys yes so Chris um, also we've got some exciting news not only can people listen to your dulcet tones via the medium of podcasts and and on demand yeah. there's a point in time isn't it Chris where you're going to be forced into people's live ears Live ears. Live ears. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Um, if it comes off, and hoping it will, I'll be live with Colin Patterson on um, BBC Radio 5 Live Christmas Eve 
around 11 o'clock in the evening. So while you're... Prime time. <laughs> yeah, while you're wrapping your presents and uh, getting slowly pissed, uh, waiting for Christmas Day to arrive, um, tune in to Radio 5 Live. It's a digital channel. You'll know, you, you know, in the UK, it's a very, very big channel. It's a very big channel. Um, is yeah. it a phone-in show? Can I heckle? I don't know, I don't know. But anyway, me and Colin are going to be talking about Christmas films um, and good ones, bad ones, and guilty pleasures and things like that. And I'll be... Um, so that'd be good. That'd be good. I'm looking forward to that. Have a great Christmas and a new year. Merry Christmas, everyone. And happy Life Day. Happy Life Day to you. I think to play us out, I think maybe we should listen to... Uh, maybe we should have a last few words from Lumpy, Itchy and Marla. Yeah, I'm going to walk off into the moon now. See ya. So goodbye. I'm in a cave. <laughs> Come back. Wait for me. Where's my schmuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear.